This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, once again, as we're sitting here together, uh, relishing, reacting to just an incredible Sunday night in Pittsburgh where your Cleveland Browns uh, went to town, took care of business, drubbed around on a bully who for the better part of two decades certainly deserved it. I hope the coffee was a little better. I hope the lunch was a little better as we continue to just relish in the fact that not only are your Cleveland Browns part of the 2020 playoffs, they are <laughs> hold a victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Kansas city next week. And we're going to talk about this and actually a little premonition that came up with this guest uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about possible uh, playoff scenarios from the around the NFL podcast, part of NFL.com lifelong Browns fan. And Mark, just to think of it this way, um, 1994, um, uh, I know you're a tad bit older than me, but both of us were probably up to not our best habits in 1994, the last time the Browns won a playoff game. But Mark, what a relief it finally is. It's, um, I, I don't know about you, but like I just, A, I am uh, exhausted today. Uh, it was, you know, I think it was a long football weekend to begin with. And the entire time, um, you know, working through it, doing observing all the games, you're just sort of waiting for this Cleveland um, contest and what would finally come from it. And I, honestly, I, I need to go back and like rewatch the game a couple times because it was just such an emotional experience to be watching it, um, it that it's one of those things I had my kids with me in the room and it was utter chaos and it was utter chaos from the first second of the game. Um, and it reminded me the way that having been to, we mentioned this on our podcast, having been to the Seahawks um, Super Bowl against the Broncos where Peyton Manning on that first play, the snap sailed over his head and you could just tell the game was going to have a chaotic nature to it. And, you know, Cleveland did what they did, and uh, every all sorts of cast of characters that I wasn't expecting played a major role. It was a delightful victory, and I just to think what this what this team overcame over the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm happy. I'm thrilled for them, and uh, man, it's been a long time coming. Yes, and to um, you and one other um, from over there at NFL.com. The bright ones who picked the Cleveland Browns, um, as I did. And I told you, folks, I was going to get there. I was going to find a way to talk myself into this. Um, that doesn't mean that didn't mean they were going to cooperate and play like they did. Um, but that first snap of the play, you know, over Ben's head, I, I still mark every time I watch it now, like my first reaction is, why is not anyone smacking the ball out of the back of the end zone? Um, just eat the safety at this point. Um, you know, and be happy with it or whatever, you know, go from there, give them the ball, you know, whatever, you know, bad beginning. The whole 28 nothing, like it kind of felt to me like thunderstruck by ACDC was playing in the background because like everything just whatever it was, it went their way. MJ Stewart over the, you know, one handed interception, nothing Pittsburgh could do was right. Um, Pittsburgh, look, they can say whatever they say, you know, and I'm not going to use quotes that were in. I, I just don't think they were ready. And I don't know if any team really thought any team that would have gone against the Browns in this scenario, no head coach, uh, missing your best, uh, you know, left, missing your, uh, your left guard, who is one of the top in the business, missing Olivier Vernon, no Denzel Ward. I, I'm sure somewhere along the line, and the fact they didn't practice, I'm sorry, let me slip that one in as well. I think somewhere with all of that, I mean, it's maybe a little bit understandable, Mark, that maybe, you know, Pittsburgh got a little complacent early. 
Cleveland surprised them. But on Pittsburgh's part, this looks pretty bad to get your doors blown out the way they did against a team that was coming in as, you know, as severely limited as they were. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think it kind of speaks to the nature of like the team aspect of football where the you want to talk about battle tested. I think Cleveland was pretty battle tested in terms of um, spending, you know, not just last week, but previous multiple previous weeks meeting virtually, uh, you know, not practicing, not having coaches on the field. And they're pretty schooled at that. And so that nature of that aspect of it was kind of, it didn't disrupt the game. It was pretty seamless. I mean, to get to the point where I, I mean, to me, one of the greatest things that came out of it was Baker Mayfield mentioning that Blake Hans, who came in at one point on guard, <laughs> like he had met him, you know, you know, he had just met him that week or before the game in the locker room. I mean, that's, that kind of tells you so much about 2020 and Cleveland's flexibility in 2020. And, you know, I know that Kevin Stefanski doesn't want to, put credit on himself and he's, he's good about deferring that to to the people around him and said that, you know, this team is not in his image. Well, to some degree it is, I get what he's saying because it's, 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 you know, hundreds of people that put effort into putting one of these games on and into practicing, but there really was a calm to this team that um, is completely uh, like unusual for Browns fans to experience previous to this season. And I, you know, it, 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 again, I just, I, I think with each passing week, my feelings about this team change a little bit in terms of what I think they can do or what their ceiling is. And at this point, it feels to me like they're operating with house money a little bit. Um, the, the key to this season was proving to themselves and everyone else that you could vanquish one of these uh, divisional teams that have routed you for two decades. And in the earlier part of the season um, showed how far apart they were in those early games and how far they've come. So yeah, I think you're right. It leaves Pittsburgh with a lot of, um, gloomy questions to answer. I'm probably starting right with their, with their quarterback's future and, and everything surrounding that. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, um, that guy sitting on the bench with some tears coming down his eyes, that, that looked to me, you know, and we've seen this with so many great quarterbacks over the years that came to me, that, that really looked to me like this is a guy that maybe thinks this might be over. Um, he's on the hook next year for $41 million. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a, a, a plethora of quality players, TJ Watt included, who are due. It, it, it's their time to get cashed up, so to speak. And with the salary cap probably not trending in the direction that, you know, any NFL franchise wants and him with, you know, the amount that he has coming to him, it certainly creates for, you know, obviously, obviously a, a giant, giant obstacle for them. But yes, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, along with him, Michael Dunn, I mean, to think that we were, you know, going to put Michael Dunn at left guard, the fifth guard to start a game for the Cleveland Browns in 2020, and say, all right, big boy, it's Cam Hayward. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you, you lost Jack Conklin on day-to-day with the hamstring injury. Kendall, Kendall Lamb comes in. It was a little rough first snap out. After that, zero issues. Uh, just to think what this offense was capable of, do, capable of doing when last week, you know, they struggled at times you know, with some of the best players, not even there, but you get into this opportunity and, and like, you know, to it and Hayward and TJ Watt, their names were mentioned every now and then, but like, it was just the Steelers defense had nothing for them. Um, the reassurgence of Kareem Hunt, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Chubb 
continuing what we thought, you know, he would have been a special day for him in week 17 till he was sort of, you know, quote unquote, shut down. Big screen pass where, you know, the two guys basically collided into each other. Um, so neither one of them can make the play on Chubb. And everyone on Pittsburgh just looking like they figured either one of the guys was going to get Nick. And then it was just kind of like it looked like a practice drill where he closed out that run. I, I just think this team took one on the chin early. Pittsburgh was kind of like punch drunk and then kind of just, you know, basically slept walked their way through the rest of it. And there were, it, it got a little hairy at times, and the Browns found a way to fire it up one more time. Um, but the other, again, you talk about recipes for an upset. You need your kicker to be perfect, and which he was with his kickoffs, whether they weren't touchbacks, they were really, really tight down by the goal line. Just everything possible that this franchise needed to happen. And look, they played great regardless. Uh, but you win the turnover battle by five. Uh, you get your kicker to be money. Uh, you just everything went their way. And the fact that Baker Mayfield said, guess what, TJ? Well, um, you're used to your quarterback in practice getting rid of the ball quickly. You ain't getting no hits on me today because I am going to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, they had a sack in 73 straight games. Uh, none of their starters were in in week 17. They still sacked Baker Mayfield four times, and they sacked him four times with their starters the first time they met. So logically, I thought that part of the game would include, you know, two or three um, major disruptions of Baker Mayfield and how would he respond. He had some beautiful escapability last night, darting mm -hmm. out of the pocket away from pressure and that's the first time in 73 games the Steelers did not record a sack. And I, you know, I think the Steelers, to me, if someone said they got down early, I would have, I was watching the game thinking 28-0, um, beautiful start because you needed to, you needed to get the Steelers to create mistakes. We talked about that last week and they did and you got that, but it was still like you're going to have to be very functional and aggressive for the rest of this game to survive. And I got real concerned. I mean, it just felt at one point in the third quarter uh, like this feels like other Steelers Browns games, but the Browns this season, when they've been in some of these shootouts have found a way to deliver, you know, whether it's the knockout punch or the knockout punch after the knockout punch. And that's what they did last night. And the Steelers to me, which, you know, we've seen some of this over the past month. I think the Colts win the comeback in the second half um, dimmed some actual real thing, real issues with yep. this team and they're sloppy. Uh, they didn't seem to be plugged into me. And I think they ran, ran into a Browns team that desperately wanted to win this game and answer questions. And this team, I think, psychologically was um, in the right headspace, Cleveland. They were motivated before the game. Um, and this sounds, I guess, trite to some, but with videos of longtime fans telling them how much this game meant. And, you know, these are young people that have – some of them have only been with the team for a year. They're not expected to know – everything that we know about, um, you know, the ups and downs that we've suffered as fans, they don't. But I think that some of that connection has been created and the team has talked about how tight they are. It kind of reminds me of the um, late 1980s when the Browns would like hang out together as friends and create these like samurai warrior videos on VHS tape, like really nutty stuff, but they love being <laughs> around each other. And this team has a lot of that. And I think they just showed it last night. Sometimes it's just not it's not all the X's and O's to, to me watching football because there's a lot of emotion involved and they simply, I thought carried the day with their utter fire. They wanted this from the very literally first second of the game. Uh, and it's, and it's just so refreshing to see for you know, the, the script being flipped for, you know, these players, you know, as they rode this momentum wave in 2018, thinking they finally had pulled this, you know, franchise 
in respectability than to, you know, basically the cannonball that was 2019. And then the unknowing of what 2020 was going to be. And then you got into this position here late in the season where, oh, look how great they are. You know, oh, we'll you know, win this week. That's it. You got two weeks easy. Then we'll, you know, then we'll go into the playoffs. Um, but then you had, you know, you got pushed back against it. And you truly saw, you know, the makeup of, you know, these men and women within this franchise as to, you know, where they are, you know, when the chips are down. Um, and again, you know, you, you talk about, you know, hi, nice to meet you. Okay, please, if you have to get in there, block for me. Okay, you know, we need you, they need that to happen. $43,000 to drive to Ohio, end up in Pittsburgh for that appearance last night. Not a bad way to make a couple of bucks, um, by the way. So, uh, and of course, now he'll probably never pay for a drink in Cleveland when bars are fully open again for the rest of his life. But just an absolute great evening as far as the way it all came together and just, Again, you know, your eyes towards, you know, where this franchise is headed. And, you know, even, you know, we've all been duped at times. But, I mean, look, I mean, even Ray Charles would see where this franchise is headed now when you're talking about your head coach sitting in his basement and getting geeked up because he's on about a 25-second delay from his family upstairs. And, you know, basically knowing the good parts are coming. Uh, just way, way too much good stuff. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Mark Sessler. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about last night in our third segment. We'll start peeking ahead uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And we actually did this a couple of weeks ago, and there may be a recipe for this Browns team to go in there and give the Chiefs all that they have. Your Tuesday, Locked On Browns, Jeff Floyd, Mark Sessler. Are we ready for some football? few hours away from crowning a collegiate national championship. Uh, the NFL playoffs continue to roll on. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Your Cleveland Browns will be playing at 3.05 uh, at our head stadium. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on, all caps, no space, for your 50% Welcome bonus. Again, the NFL game of the week next week. No doubt about it. Your Cleveland Browns going uh, for a possible AFC championship game berth against the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. For me, Mark, uh, I think from last night, I think the fact that, you know, you have some lesser known names who really put themselves out there. MJ Stewart, in that situation, it's okay to give up the completions. Make sure you're tackling people. And he was able to do that. Add an interception on that. Sione Takitaki, another player who's, you know, had some struggles this year. There were times missed with maybe an emerging player. A big opportunity, you know, for him to make a big play, which essentially sealed it late. And when you get to see some of these guys who who are not the biggest names in the building, and then realizing that the only reason they're playing is because there were other players who were out, and you just look at the overall depth of this roster that they were able to put together, it, you know, it, it's just it's impressive the work that this front office has been able to do this season through the most difficult times, paying attention to waiver wires, making key moves, key, uh, you know, key moves here and there, your coaches doing their job, 
Michael Dunn, whatever that was last night out of him, that's obviously a testament to Bill Callahan, a testament to the system they are putting in place. Um, and yes, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a difficult opponent, but you truly believe that the way this team is currently constructed, and many times we would say this, you know, 21 and 22 and beyond, you truly believe the way this team is constructed that things could just get a little crazy here over the next couple of weeks, Mark. Well, I think at this point, anything anything could happen in the playoffs. And I mean, last night is a huge, you know, example of that for this kind of Cleveland Browns team. Because, yeah, I think their offense went to sleep for a bit, um, and they can't they can't assume that that will be a possibility against Kansas City. You can't assume you're going to get four interceptions and and create the havoc you did. But they have a little <laughs> bit of that in their DNA. And this team, this defense for you know the way that it can be torched. Um, and I would expect it to be torched by Kansas City. Uh, can you, it's just sort of, you know, can you create one or two plays that, um, you know, put your offense into really good field position? I thought field position was a huge part of last night. Um, and that, you know, it, it allowing Cleveland a short field and, and, and having to score points off of that. The Chiefs are an entirely different beast. And I, I think that, you know, you're going from a somewhat broken down Big Ben to the best quarterback in football. Um, not named Aaron Rodgers right now and Patrick Mahomes, and they've got just an incredible um, flood of weaponry. So I, I would want to know for sure. We're going to, you know, Denzel Ward, he, they, they, the, 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 you know, the time will run out where you can continue to float backups out there and expect um, good fortune. Uh, and so for me, it starts with like monitoring Denzel Ward and his return. Uh, and, you know, but at this point, a lot of bodies are returning and that depth in, in the in the snaps they got, um, the guys like you know, Port Augustine and like everyone just sort of stepped up last night and it was it was a genuine team win. And when you watch that, I mean, there are a lot of you know instead there, you look at this thing and you say anything could happen because they've had to play so many different people at this point and so many people have experience and practice this late in the year and the way they played last night they were totally in concert. I mean, I'm really encouraged with Baker Mayfield's. Um, play as well i mean it, it you're i think a couple months ago we were talking about playing around baker mayfield a little bit or baker mayfield becoming comfortable in this offense he looked totally comfortable to me and i think he is um he is a passionate individual I, I there's something about his makeup his personal makeup at quarterback that really fits this team right now there's no doubt about it um and he has you know I think he's every bit the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, just as he was the quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. He, you know, this offense is now identifies as Baker Mayfield. Yes, Kevin Stefanski and his sister do a fantastic job. Yes, there are a whole bunch of fantastic pieces on the offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers, tight ends, every everywhere around him is good. But this is what it is supposed to be like. Your offense is supposed to be mentioned, and it'll start at the top with your quarterback. Um, getting both running backs going yesterday, um, and when you're going to get into a game um, you know, with Kansas City, and look, you know, we spent all week talking about you know what Big Ben can do, you know, with uh, you know receiving options that he had. Um, you know, this is basically you know you know, Pittsburgh on steroids times 10 with Kansas city. Um, the red zone to them, means they have the ball. It doesn't exactly matter. You know, if they have the ball, they are in the red zone. That is the capabilities that Patrick Mahomes has. Um, but these, this chiefs team does have some deficiencies. 
Um, last year, they had to figure a way out. They decided to stop playing as many linebackers because the linebackers weren't getting it done. But you, you figure if you can go into this, and if you are going to get Joe Batonio back, and if you were able to continue to move the ball through the run game, like you were able to last night with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt, plus there's that other little adage of, you know, Kareem Hunt, I'm sure, is going to go into this game, you know, with you know a, an extra chip, maybe two extra chips on his shoulder. Um, but again, you've already ran the gambit once. You've played with house money at once. You know, you've got a little in your back pocket to stick away. You're basically now just saying, yep, all right, put it all on black and let it ride. Yeah, and I mean, the Chiefs, you know, they every, there's this, you know, con- conception that they've been blowing people out. And I think in the last couple of weeks, everyone's realized that's not the case. They're playing close games. They're playing one-score games. They've given up over 24 points in six of their late last eight contests. Uh, you know, so that's that's tells you that Cleveland can do what they do. Cleveland just gave up 500 yards through the air to a quarterback that we're suggesting was not functional in Big Ben. So I can only imagine what could happen or might happen against the Chiefs. And I think if you're Cleveland, you kind of say, look, at next year will be a year to um, focus on some of these statistics. The red zone statistics for Cleveland's defense are really concerning. So it's like, look, at you're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards. The Chiefs are going to do what they do. But how do you counter? And they found a way to counter, whether it be through disruptive defensive plays. You know, yes, they're going to give up 500 yards to the air, but they picked off Big Ben four times. Um, they did not allow a sack on offense like we talked about. Uh, you know, Kansas City's pass rush is not the same as Pittsburgh. So if you can give Baker Mayfield, put him into an environment like he was in last night where he is reading the field that well and the quick release is happening. I mean, I sort of just see another shootout. I mean, that that's Cleveland's method, you know, even from early on in the year has been shootouts. And They've they've benefited, I think, a couple times, like in the Tennessee game, by getting up big, and then you can do what you want to do. And last night, I wouldn't say that on offense they got up big and did what they wanted to do. I think at one point they punted on like five out of six drives, and, and there were too many possessions that lasted about 28 seconds. Uh, so it kind of went counter to some of their strengths during the year when they've been really good at closing teams down. But they did get the hammer drops at the end, and it was someone like Nick Chubb that you can count on every week. And so I, I, you know, to me, it looks like the game script similar to a number of these other ones that Cleveland has been in. And and at this point, um, you just hang on and enjoy the ride to some degree. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, you know, you were, it was going into Pittsburgh. It's even more house money at this point. Uh, You just, you're not going to And you think about the fact that you're actually probably going to get to do this with coach Stefanski with Joe Batonio, with Denzel Ward. I mean, you're getting stronger as the season goes on. Uh, hey, I mean, there's – you just I, – I don't I don't want to talk myself into it yet because, God, Lord, it's only Monday. Um, but the opportunity is there. Um, look, I mean, Kansas City can slap 35 on you in nine minutes of playtime and could end it real quick. But I do believe the Browns have a, have a disciplined – recipe for a you know possibly achieving some success in this game and even still this is going to be you know the this is the benchmark right now in the American Football Conference it is the Kansas City Chiefs so even if it doesn't work out you now go to the drawing board 
in the 2021 NFL offseason and say, okay, this is where we're at now. What do we need to do? What are we missing to be a team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs? This is now the benchmark. This is now who you are going after. You are now big game hunting if you were the Cleveland Browns. We're going to get a couple of thoughts of the weekend action. Uh, Obviously, the six-game slate, which was incredible. Um, just be, to be able to sit down and, you know, absorb, you know, nine hours football straight Saturday, Sunday, um, just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and probably something that, uh, a ton of us needed as we've all gone through, um, you know, one of the dip, most difficult years of, you know, our lives and certainly hopefully will ever be the most difficult year of our life. With the ever increasing numbers of makes Fiat, Kia and models, Pacifica, XTS, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pain, pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX, an EX, an SX? And wait while the computer orders the parts. Uh, well, the, uh, it, oh, finally, only that you're going to have to wait two to three weeks from warehouse to bring it in. You have computers. You have access to the internet at home and in your pocket, which means you have access to rockauto.com. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Mark, I think the first game I want to get to is, you know, we'll get some thoughts here, but it was Rams-Seahawks um, with Walford starting, um, and it seemed like such a crazy thing when he was out. Uh, and the Rams' defense obviously did all the heavy liftings, but it seemed like the Rams were in such a situation where they didn't want to have to play Jared Goff. And you could see, obviously, you know, he had a lot of trouble um, you know, basically pinching the back end of that ball with that thumb. Um, it looks like for the most part, he made it out. It made it out, you know, not worse than he was. Uh, so should be able to go. Um, but for them to just do what they did, run the ball, play defense. And the fact that, you know, they were hoping to play Walford and get through this, and then they had to get through it with Goff. That was for me, basically the wonkiest game essentially of the weekend. Yeah, I thought that game was going to go on for how long was that game? Four and a half, five hours. It just it it went it went on and on, <laughs> and uh, I mean I think that the Seahawks offense hit a point where it's just broken down, and you were playing a Brandon Staley led Rams defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, who I know they lost him for part of that game, but he was uh, an absolute wrecking machine while in there. Jalen Ramsey took away DK Metcalf for portions of that game, as we knew he would. And they got key turnovers. The, the Seahawks could not convert third downs. Um, Russell Wilson, the pick six, was the biggest mistake in the game. And I think with Goff, there's two things going on. One, you're right. Uh, he really was not fully healthy, and we saw that. He didn't look comfortable to me. Um, but he hasn't looked comfortable when healthy either. And so I think the second thing going <laughs> on there is that there is probably, I would imagine, um, some differing voices or some variants inside the organization for how they view Jared Goff going forward. They have a big problem. He's due 27 plus million guaranteed next year. 
and then another 15.5 in 2022. So, you know, they are stuck with him at this point right now um, financially. There's no getting out of that. Um, he's not really a tradable type quarterback. I'm not suggesting that they definitely are moving on, but it's not just simply Jared Goff's health. There's something else about John Wolford and the idea of someone with, with a different skill set than Jared Goff that has Sean McVay thinking. I just truly believe that. I think he is looking at the league in general and looking at a quarterback in Jared Goff that to me kind of feels like he's from 1982 when you've got a whole bunch of new <laughs> wave type quarterbacks operating and mobility is such a big part of what they do. Um, and Goff, you know, there are four or five games this year where certain defenses from the word go knew how to neutralize and make him very uncomfortable. And I think that makes Sean McVay very uncomfortable. Um, and that's where we'll, we'll, we'll flip it to this next game. Um, but, but I agree with you. And for Sean McVay, this is now, you know, basically getting, you know, the ability for him to maybe install even more in, I mean, you see these, you know, blind quarterback runs where everybody follows the motion, you know, the fake handoff, the fake pitch, the fake forward toss. And then all of a sudden your call, your quarterback can leak out to the right. And it's got an easy nine, 10 yards if you have the quarterback who's got the athletic skill set to do so. Um, but flipping from there to Baltimore versus Tennessee. Um, and now this is the second time, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, the second time, but a couple times where we've seen this from Tennessee, you get into games like this where Derrick Henry, it's just not working. And look, the guy ran for 2,000 yards, but there's going to be games where it just doesn't work. And I think sometimes you maybe just have to accept the fact it's not working and stop forcing it. Um, at the time, A.J. Brown was working, but they – kept trying to go back to Derrick Henry and it put their offense, you know, certainly in a, you know, a, 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 a disadvantage as Baltimore started to get humming and Lamar started to get humming and you needed to start to go, you know, points for points. Uh, it, 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 look, they're going to be, you know, Tennessee will be a, a playoff team the way they're constructed, you know, probably for a couple of years now. But the question is, how do you get it to the next level? If teams are going to sell out, and we saw it with the Browns, obviously, you know, when they were playing, uh, you know, the bare front against Tennessee, uh, you know, Baltimore, very similar to it yesterday. A lot of hats to the ball, a lot of hats on the line of scrimmage. You're in a tough position of, you know, what you want to do versus what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens, I thought the story for them were just, they were ultra resilient against the Titans team that came out so hot. Um, and when the Ravens were down 10 nothing. Uh, you know, it it felt so much like last year. And if there's one quarterback that's talked about, you know, his legacy and this inability to win playoff games, Lamar Jackson's been on the record about that. It seems like once a week, you know, all year long. And and he's mentioned the Titans and how what the Titans did to him a year ago. And this time around, I thought that they they came back from a 10 point deficit for the first time since 2016. Uh, they overcame a really critical missed field goal by Justin Tucker, who obviously is typically total money and they got hotter and hotter and Lamar Jackson stopped running East and West and started running North South and gaining yardage. And um, I thought they just out physical and put it on the Titans in the second half and the Titans are, you know, in terms of going forward, you have to see what happens with Arthur Smith. He is interviewing all over the place for work. Um, he's been a perfect offensive coordinator for not only Derrick Henry, but Ryan Tannehill. And so, you know, I don't see that offense changing. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be an offense centered around a barreling running back, I just think you're going to run into games like this, where when it's not working, you're going to have to come up with another plan. I really have loved Tennessee's offense all year. 
And it's not just the ground game. I mean, not having Corey Davis on the field, I think, killed them late Mm -hmm. in a close game. Um, A.J. Brown, I mean, he doesn't always do it all game long. He's going to give you a couple huge plays. uh, And then, you know, that might be it. Uh, But I, I just think that they ran into, not unlike Pittsburgh with Cleveland, a team in Baltimore that, um, is determined to shut everyone up. I think that they are the I, – I would put them equal with the Chiefs in terms of how dangerous they are right now. Yeah, they, they've just strung this together. And when they were at the point of six and five, and, you know, of course, you know, at the time they were riddled, you know, from their own, you know, their own COVID issues. And, you know, it, it was almost the uh, – oh, so you, you all forgot about us. Okay, no problem. But, you know, for Lamar – basically shaking the monkey off his back um, to finally get that first playoff win under his belt, um, which is, you know, weird. I mean, we are talking about, uh, you know, former league MVP and, you know, the game last year against Tennessee, um, you know, obviously turnovers that were his own doing, um, but but still was put together, uh, you know, a, a monster day. I still think they, they just need one wide receiver that can find just, and it's going to be different with Lamar to find, the the right receiver, but I think that is the biggest thing they have to do this off season is to find that guy who can be their eighty five reception, hundred reception guy to really take that offense to the next level. Not as not that it's not on a very high level, but the one to put it on that next one. The Brown side of me, I hope they never find the guy. But football wise, that would be the thing you're looking for. Mark, besides Browns Chiefs, which game excites you the most this upcoming weekend? Well, I mean, I think we're at the point where, like, I want to see what the Green Bay Packers are about in this situation. Um, I did not buy into the Green Bay Packers a year ago. I definitely do this time around. They, they, they are, uh, I think, the strength of the, the NFC, um, more so than the Saints to me. Uh, but if I had to really say the one that, I'd wa- that I would glue into, it's Baltimore-Buffalo in the AFC because yep. this, this is uh, Josh Allen, you know, after an off season of everyone doubting him, we, we see it with our own eyes. He's been phenomenal. And, and there was the play yesterday where he is, you know, sort of rumbling with the ball in the red zone towards the end zone and stops and pulls up in pressure and throws a touchdown pass. I mean, that's just something that, you know, is sort of unteachable. And you don't know if you're going to get that with your quarterback at any level of development. And it was uh, rather Patrick Mahomesian. And so I, you know, the, the, the Bills fan base, I think also for me, has some shared DNA with Cleveland's fan base. Um, you know, if they started the league today with 32 teams, Western New York and Buffalo would not be picked as a city that would have a pro football team. I think there's something special in that. And uh, if, if any team had to make the Super Bowl other than Cleveland, I would pick Buffalo. I think that they're um, really well coached under Sean McDermott. And so the, the coaching matchup um, with John Harbaugh and the Ravens and just with the way the Ravens are playing right now, that's, you know, that's the one primetime game. And it should be. Uh, yeah, I, I'm that. That for me is the one I'm looking forward to. Um, and again, now um, you, know, you you talk about this 2018 quarterback class. Now Baker Mayfield has put his you know name back in the running with these guys. Three of the four teams left in the AFC, the 2018 quarterback class. Um, but it's it's going to be you know Josh versus Lamar. Um, similar styles. Albeit they do it differently, both of effective, you know, uh, you know, with their legs. Um, I, I would say I, I think to the point now, Allen is probably the you know more pure thrower, where Lamar is the more uh, more pure runner. 
both extremely talented players who do it in different ways. But that is the one I am looking forward to. Um, you know, Buffalo with a possibility with a win to, you know, either be playing in the AFC championship game, perhaps hosting the AFC championship game for this fan base that has, you know, suffered and waited for so long to finally get back to this moment. Uh, it's, it, that's, that's the, the one for me. And the question will be, you know, which defense, um, you know, can hold down the opposing offense a little bit more, but you're really, really looking forward to that. And Mark, we are going to a week, the weekend before championship game Sunday. And Mark, the Cleveland Browns are still alive. It's truly surreal. Um, I think the way, the one thing I feel about it, that, that the best part of it for me is that I'm glad they played Pittsburgh. I'm glad they played Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger in the lineup, with everyone else in the lineup. Um, this, the psychological side of, slaying a team that's mm-hmm. knocked you around for so long um it matters and it, and it, it, it like you know i'm glad they didn't play the colts or i'm glad they didn't do anything where it's like well that was sort of a gimme they didn't get the washington football team who actually played pretty well uh but i would just say you know that this is sort of a a mission to um excise the past to wipe it out and it starts with these teams in your own division um they're kind of telling us don't try to predict what we'll do because we're one of the more unpredictable, um, beautifully weird teams in the league right now. And uh, <laughs> they're kind of on fire in a, in a beautiful way. So I, I, I think it's truly, um, I wouldn't, I'd rather go play the chiefs than anyone else. If this is the end of the line, I'm with you that it's this wonderful test that you can go look at for the rest of the off season and say, how do we match up with a team like that? Um, I, I, I can't wait. It just, it, I've been to like, I feel like it's been 25 Januaries in a row where you're focused on all these other teams. Let's get excited to watch um, a team that I normally wouldn't care about play. And it's like, no, this is actually um, a January that involves the Browns. It's I'm still catching up to that fact. Yes. Uh, as you know, Pete Smith, who joins me a lot, always says it, 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 it wouldn't have meant nearly as much um, if Pittsburgh started to falter um, and the Browns surpassed them uh, due to changes. It, you know, we always equated it to the vampire. You drive the stake, you know, through that, and, and just let them know that it's over. It, you know, it, this is our time now. Now you spend off seasons trying to better yourselves to be trying to chase after the Cleveland Browns. So for a small, small portion here. Uh, we're going to enjoy it. Um, and for all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans who want to say whatever they did, uh, they played three times this year. Browns won twice. The, for this year, it is over. So you guys can go back to the drawing board and come back with something new to try and compete here. He is Mark Sessler from the Around the NFL podcast, part of NFL.com, an integral, an amazing part. Um, this is – it's been such a special ride here. Um, you know, with Mark being able to be, you know, uh, more available to come on the show more consistently. And we've gotten to talk about just the success of this franchise, the growth, um, the players, the characters, the personalities, and just watching all of this tumble into where we are now. Um, you know, a team that won a playoff game, a team going to play the Kansas City Chiefs and are certainly going to go in there and give it all that they have. And they're going to go in there together, unified from top to bottom. Just, man, it's special. Make sure you check out the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, you read all of Mark's work. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a fan. Um, it's even more enjoyable now to, you know, call Mark a friend 
and message during games, uh, whether it's the nerve factor. And then once the ball, the game about to start, it's, you know, then you start flexing the muscles and feeling a little bit better about this franchise. Um, just been, you know, as much as, you know, <clears throat> these last, I guess it's almost 11 months now have been this difficult. Um, the, the Cleveland Browns have brought their fan base a, a lot of, a lot of smiles and a lot of enjoyment during some truly, truly dark times within our society. Um, but again, we're going to tow it up in a week, Sunday, three o'clock, um, which is good because, uh, you know, a week off from, I mean, I think last night was a 2.30 a.m. night for your guy here by the time we got everything done. With, an, with a really, really quick turnaround, Mark, it was a, it was a rough day. It was a rough day, thank God. Um, but, hey, smiles all the way um, because – and everywhere I went, oh, Jeff, hey, you must be excited. Jeff, orange at the – or the gas station. Hey, Browns guy. Everybody's excited. <laughs> Um, for me, which is good because normally it's <laughs> that poor son of my god. I'm sure it's probably what they think to themselves. Um, make sure you're checking out uh, the show, iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, review. Um, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Browns. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following Mr. Mark Sessler, as of course. Um, but everybody, just continue to enjoy the ride. And you know, for anybody curious, um, right now everything. I'm going to knock on the wood. Uh, Browns tested all negative again today um this is something we still have to obviously keep our fingers crossed um but hopefully we can get to this game sunday full strength or at least as close to full strength as this franchise is at this point in time of the season um and go in there and tell kansas city uh you know hey let's play for you know basically all the barbecue so to speak this has been your daily delivery of all things lg let's go browns